Good morning, good morning, and good morning. I'm Minister Lily Deed, and I'm here to pray us into the presence of God. Amen. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Do you know we're supposed to come in here with rejoicing? Let God know we love him because he got breath in our body today. We can move our bodies today. We can thank in our mind today. So we give glory to God. We holler and scream and praise everybody but God. So we need to give him some praise today. We need to stand up on your feet and say hallelujah, praises to the Lord. The King of kings is in the Lord of lords. The Lord most high. Amen. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Oh, Father God, we come before you this morning, Lord God, and we thank you, Lord God. We thank you for life today, God. We thank you for health today, Lord. We thank you for wealth today, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God. 
for the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, for the congregation, Lord God. We thank you for everyone in here, Lord God. We, God, we thank you for supplying all our needs according to your riches and glory through Christ Jesus. We thank you, Lord God, for our leader in this house, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, that he's a man after your own heart. We thank you, Lord, that he simplifies the word of God, that even a fool can err. We thank you, God. We thank you for the anointing on our life that destroys the yokes in our lives. In the name of Jesus, Father God, I ask you to bless the whole congregation. I ask you, Lord God, for a spirit of joy like never before. In Jesus' name, amen. Somebody give God some praise in this place. And if you're tuning in, go ahead and give praise right where you are. I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praises shall continually be in my mouth. Clap your hands like this. Come on. The Bible says, I saw the Lord. He was seated on his throne. And the train of his robe. And day and night, the angels proclaim, and they say, Holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was his and is We say, Be exalted, be lifted. Your hands, everybody. Yeah. The elders cast down their crowns, and the angels bow down. As it is in heaven, we repeat the sound, and that sound will never get tired. Yeah, it will never grow old. Oh, we'll join in singing holy, holy, holy in the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is. Help us, everybody, sing and say, Be exalted, be lifted high, King of heaven. We glorify you, and forever we say, Oh.
Lord, my worship will chase you. My one desire is to never be too far away. Draw me close enough to touch you. If you're deep in the ocean, high on the mountain, Lord, my worship, it will chase you. My one desire is to never be too far away. So draw me close to touch you. Oh. Oh. Come on, say our high on the mountain. High on the mountain. Lord, my worship.
Sister Jessica and my name is Trinity welcome to our Sunday worship service and we've got a lot happening this week we sure do here's our announcements for the week all Zion Hill fathers are cordially invited to the Father's Day dinner that's on Saturday June 17th from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. in the Family Life Center gym to RSVP please call the church office at 318-704-6900. Vacation Bible School is right around the corner. We are looking for volunteers to help make this event a great success. For more information, please see Pastor Fidelia in the foyer after service for more information. That's our announcements for the week. And until next time, we'll see you at the top. That was new to me. Sometimes you think you're a pastor and you, you know everything going on. And something else will pop up. <laughs> we are so grateful. This is our newest member, all the way from Nagatis. So glad to see you, man. Amen. We thank God for Jesus. We had a preacher from Monroe, and he was just minding his own business. And some sister came to greet him, and they told him they're members here. And they, they drive from Monroe, he said, what? <laughs> I said, only God. We are grateful to God for all of you for being here today. And how about those dancing sisters? Amen. I think they earned the right to be on our 100-year anniversary program. Amen. It's time for us to honor God with our giving. I just want to encourage you to 
please take advantage of the plan of God for you and me to prosper. The Bible made it clear. He wished above all that you prosper and be in good health even as your soul prosper. The question is how do we get there? And the plan of God is very simple. He said in Proverbs chapter 3 verse 9, if you honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruit of your increase, God said, your barns will be filled with plenty. Somebody shout plenty. He said, your skin will bust out with new wines. Somebody shout, new wine. So it's always God's plan that you have plenty. That you have more than enough. It's always his plan that your skin bust out with new wine. Too many Christians are still drinking from old wine. So how do we overcome this deficit? Two things you need to do right quick. Number one, you need to learn to sow seed. Many of you come here today, you have no plan to sow. When you just sign a paper saying, I love poverty, you cannot afford to be like that. Even though you have to be depending on people to bail you out. So make it a point of duty to sow. Every farmer knows that. The Bible put it this way. As long as the earth remains, there will always be seed time and there will always be harvest. The problem with Christians is that we want harvest and we are praying, Lord, bless me. Lord, bless me. Lord, bless me. And they'll be shaking their head. Bless me. Bless me. Bless me. Bless me. Then some people will do like this. Bless me. Bless me. That would never happen. Have you noticed you're still broke? Because it takes actual seed in the ground. Not the theatrics. You go to sow. And the second thing that I found out over the years, there are some of you that will say, I give, I sow, why am I still struggling? That's a very fair question. And the reason why you're still struggling is because it's your job to give, but just because you give, that don't mean God will accept it. There are many people that offer to give me things, and I don't accept. Believe it or not, somebody offered to give me an helicopter, and I did not accept it. 
when I found out how much it would cost me to maintain it, I said, no, thank you very much. They even make me try. They said, come. I get in it, we fly. In fact, we landed it right in front of the parking lot. They say, it's all yours. I say, oh, no, thank you. <laughs> so just be, <laughs> sometimes the way the Bible comes to me is so simple. Just because you offer something to God, Cain offered something to God. And God said, no, I'm not impressed. So not only do you have to give, you have to make sure that you are living holy, that you are living right. God really is not impressed with dirty money. Now your pastor will take it. We call that donation. <laughs> oh, glory. <laughs> Let me encourage you. Do it God's way. Be a giver. Giving is receiving. If you give, it shall be given to you. It's, it's nothing can change that. As long as art remains, there will be seed time and there will always be harvest. If you sow, you will reap. If you don't sow, don't call me. <laughs> so, and do your best. You don't have to be Mr. Perfect. Even your pastor is not perfect. I'll be the first to tell you that. But always striving for perfection. Did you hear what I said? So that when you offer something to God, it will be sweet. God wants to receive it, but God will not take no junk. So don't let the ushers pass you by. Because some of you, the usher pass by, you just wave at them. You see, you're waving away your blessing. I know they're young, they move a little fast. Chase them down. Don't rob me of my blessing. Giving is the way. You give and you receive. You sow and you harvest. God's principle is so simple. Amen. How much you going to harvest? When he said, whatever you sow, that's what you're going to reap. If you sow sparingly, that means you're stingy. You will reap sparingly. If you sow bountifully, can I be brutally honest with you? Now, I was born broke. I'm not very proud of it. But I'm no longer broke. How did I move from point A to Z? It's very simple. Giving is the key. Till today, I still argue with my wife. You give too much. Is the key. You see somebody need, step in. Amen. And you know what I found out? I love being on this side of the, the aisle. I used to be on the other side. I'm always my hand out. 
Can you all help me? Can you all bless me? No, no, no. Now I'm on the side of, yes, what can I do for you? Giving is the key. Don't let nobody stop you. Givers, they never get stuck in the elevator of life. Are you still here? Learn to give. Don't wait until you get to church. God will send somebody to you just to test your stingy self. <laughs> oh, goodness. Take advantage of the opportunity. You don't eat seed, you sow it. Amen. So you come into church, and then the baby start crying, McDonald, McDonald, shut up! <laughs> you the devil that's trying to rob me of my blessing. <laughs> no, we're going to sow this seed. So tomorrow you'll be able to eat plenty of McDonald's. But we're not going to eat our seed. Pay attention. God wants to bless his children. The silver and gold, he said, they're mine. A thousand cattle on the hill, he said, they're mine. Enjoy giving. Amen. I walk over there at the school. Students, they can't even pay their school fees. Amen. And my boss called me one day and said, I've been hearing. I said, what are you hearing? <laughs> he said, they said, you are a father Christmas. I said, no, the Lord give it to me. Amen. And you want to be a sower. You know why? Because God always gives more seed to sower. I see you at the top. Don't let those ushers escape you. Chase them down. Your future depends on it. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to give. Paul said, I know you wanted to give, but you lack the opportunity. But we thank God in this house. We have the opportunity to make this world a better place. I'm believing God from this house. Missionaries will go out to different nations declaring and preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that you will touch the hearts of men and women to give. I thank you that wealth and riches shall be in your house for your faithfulness in giving. I pray that God will plant you in a land of more than enough. Like Paul said, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. It is so. In Jesus' name. Amen. The ushers will come, the choir will minister. Let's walk in obedience. Giving is receiving. Love you, son. Congratulations. I heard about the party.
faithful when I look back over my life see where the Lord has brought me from could have been dead sleeping in my grave but I'm grateful Lord you made old death behave and I'm grateful Yes, I look like, look at Cambridge Cross. I'm grateful that you died for my sin. Oh.
been up. Lord, no, I've been down. Sometimes I was almost never down to the ground. I'm grateful. I'm grateful. I'm grateful. Father, we are grateful 
for so many good things. Lord, we are grateful for our redemption. Thank you for our salvation. We were heading to hell, but you brought us back. Lord, we say thank you. Thank you for so many blessings of life. We got sick, you healed us. We needed a job, you made a way. You woke us up this morning. Lord, we are grateful. All day, all night, your angels are watching over us. We are grateful. Thank you for your faithfulness in our lives. As we search the scripture this morning, Holy Spirit, help our hearing, help our understanding. Lord, give me the strength to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. At the end of today, I pray, oh God, that we would never be the same again. Glorify yourself in this house. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And amen. You may be seated. I want to talk with you on the subject titled, Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. The passage I just read to your hearing was written by Brother David. Ladies and gentlemen, David did not write this passage after he won the battle on Goliath. David did not write this passage when he was dancing on the street with the Ark of the Covenant. This text I just read to your hearing was not written when David was playing the harp at the king's palace. This passage was not written when David was crowned as the king of Israel. You need to know that this passage was written at a time that somebody was trying to kill him. And not anybody, if you study the Bible, you're going to find out that David was actually running from King Saul. This was the same king that he tried, David tried to help him. David tried to save him from trouble. David was trying to get rid of the melancholies. The king was losing his mind. And David would play his harp to calm him down, to run that evil spirit away from him. And now the same king that David has been trying to help. Now that king is trying to kill David. Have you ever been in a situation that you help people and then they turn around and they're trying to hurt you? I've been there. They needed money. You were there. They need a ride. To go to their workplace, you pick them up. You didn't even ask them for gas. 
They needed groceries. You were there to help them out. Their baby need diapers. You were there to be a blessing. And now the same person, how quickly they forget. Now you hear that somebody is talking about you, writing ugly stuff about you on the Facebook. And guess who what? The same people you've been trying to help. I'll be honest with you, it hurts. You can imagine what David is going through. It's even hurt more when you are being rejected by your own people. The people that you stick your neck out for. And you find yourself being a target of their destruction. But David escaped the chasing of the enemy. How? That's what he's writing about here. He's saying to you and me the way I got out of trouble. I know you know me to be a musician. I know you know me to be a politician. He said, none of that helped me. I got out by trusting the Lord. David said, I found out, blessed is any man, any woman who will put their trust in God. Please notice that he didn't say, blessed is any man that preach. I love preaching, I enjoy preaching. He didn't say, blessed is any man that hoop and hollow every Sunday. And some people can, they can hoop, they can hollow, they preach so hard, they got wet. Even the underwear got wet. But David didn't say that's the secret. That's no. He didn't say singing in the choir would do it. Blessed anyone that would sing in the choir. Blessed anyone that would dance in the church. He didn't say, blessed anyone that will praise God in the church. Notice what he said. Blessed is any man who put their trust in God. David knew about praise, all right. He's a, he's a fine musician. And I love praising God also. I love worship. It's a major part of my ministry. But I can honestly tell you, praise is good, praise is wonderful, praise is what you use to summon God into your situation. So praise is very important. In fact, the Bible says it's so important, the Bible says God inhabits the praises of his people. In other words, where praise is going on, God will show up. Blessings will come down. When you praise God, you are in essence, you're calling him. You are inviting him. You are provoking him to come into your situation, to move into your condition. So, you don't have to be in church to praise God. 
You can praise God while you're on the highway. You can praise God while you're lying in your bed. While you're sitting down in your sofa. You can praise God while you're in the shower. You can praise God while you're cooking in the kitchen. Ladies and gentlemen, if you praise him, those of us who are praising will tell you, God will show up. In fact, you could be in the hospital right now, lying down in your bed. If you will have the courage to praise God, there's something we call hallelujah anyhow. God will show up and see about you. We even learn, not only do you use praise to summon God to your situation, you can also use praise as a, as a weapon. You can use praise to fight up the enemy. That's why the Bible will talk about, let Judah go first. Praise can be a serious weapon in the hand of a Christian. So when the enemy is trying to mess with you, that's not a time for you to be quiet. Are you listening to me? When the enemy is trying to attack your body, that's not a time to be cool. That's not a time for you to cross your leg. Your praise is a weapon. You have to fight back. And you can press your way out of trouble. Amen. Amen. So David knew the power of praise. And that is why he wrote in another psalm, he said, enter his gate with thanksgiving. Am I still in the book? Enter his court with praise. Be thankful unto him. And bless his holy name. So David knows about praise. Are there any praises in the house? Do you know for yourself that praise can get you out of trouble? Amen. But what David is doing here, even though he's a praiser, he's a worshiper, now he's saying to you and I, praise will not kill all. That you need something else that is very, very important that will take care of you in time of trouble. The reason why he said you need something else is because you can be a praiser and still be worrying about something. You can be a praiser and still be scared of something. You'll be amazed how many Christians, they love the Lord, they worship, they praise God, but deep down within, they have a low self-esteem. Some people are praising God all right, but yet they are nervous. They are scared about something. But one thing that will sustain you all the time, one hundred percent of the time is if you learn to put your trust in God. Why is that important? 
You need to know, my brothers, my sisters, life is full of twists and turns. Life is not a plain clothes of one color like this. Life is, is, is like a coat of many colors. What is that, that old thing we know women would do? A coat. That's right. It's full of twists and turns. And you need to know what you need to have to survive in time of trouble. Ladies and gentlemen, just think about it. God wants to help you to navigate through life. This life is a journey. We are all citizens of heaven. Heaven is a home. We're just passing through this life. And as you travel through this life, you will see some people are stuck on the highway of life. You will run into some people, their car is parked on the side of the road, and the hood is up. You will see some people, they are traveling just like you and me, but they run off the cliff. So there are all kinds of stuff going on in our world today. So the one thing that will help you to, to get through all of this is having trust in God. Just think about it. Why are so many Christians struggling through life? The answer is many Christians, yes, they're saved, all right, but they don't completely trust God. We have faith to go to heaven, but we don't have full confidence in God for God to help us to navigate through all the challenges of life. So I want to encourage you today. If you don't hear anything else I have to say, learn to put your trust in God. And don't wait until you run into crisis before you trust God. Every day. The Bible says this way in the book of Proverbs, chapter 3, verse 5. He said, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean to your own understanding. You know how Americans, you all say, I got this. No, you don't. That's why we are making a big mess on so many things. And then we are busy listening to this person, listening to that person. What did he say? What did that say? That's my best friend. That's my baby daddy. That's you. They will run you into the ditch. You need to put your trust in God. Amen, somebody. If you don't believe me, look at the life of Peter. Peter was a fisherman. The Bible says he and his colleague, they fish all night. And they caught nothing. And here comes Jesus. Jesus said, hey, boo. You want some fish? 
And you can just imagine they're looking at him and say, you're a preacher. What do you know about fishing? Jesus said, cast your net on that side. Well, they're trying to explain to him, we've been fishing all night. Peter could have uh, done like you and me would do today and say, hey, wait a minute. Pastor, you need to run in your own lane. You know how to preach. We'll give that to you. But when it comes to the business of the church, you leave that. We got that. Peter could have said, look, I know fishing. I have a career in fishing. This is what I do. I know this. I got this. In fact, I'm the president of the Fishing Corporation of America. But notice Peter didn't do that. It's a lesson for all of us. Peter said, Lord, at your word. There comes a time when you have to recognize your biggest hold up in life is what you think you know. You're so smart, you become a smart aleck. Even heaven cannot help you because you think you know everything. But I can tell you, as all of us are seated here, there is something you need right now that the only thing that will get you there is for you to put your trust in God. I challenge all of us from the pulpit to the pews. I can make you a list of areas where my soul is burdened. We are need divine intervention. I'm not going to try to outsmart God in this. I'm going to trust God. Are you see here? If you don't get it yet, look at Mary. The angel showed up and said, Sister girl, you're going to have a baby. And that baby is going to be a boy. That baby will be the savior of the world. All of that sounds good, but Mary said there's only one problem. I've never been with a man. So how can this be? See, that's the problem with many of us. We always try to outsmart God. And God have to help Mary says, Ma'am, is there anything too hard for God? He said, the power of the Holy Ghost will come upon you. And you shall conceive and give birth. Notice Mary didn't fight the system. Many of you are held down because you are busy fighting the spirit. David simply trusted God. Mary simply trusted God. Look at Abraham. He simply trusted God. God gave him a son. And then the same God come around and say, I want you to go kill your son. And Abraham did not question God. He went on the journey. He had the knife. He had the firewood. And he was ready to kill his own son. 
He recognized he has some jokers around him that don't believe God. And so are you, so am I. Some of them live in your house. Some of them you call them mom and dad. You have to learn to trust God and not the words of men. To all those people that had weak faith, Abraham said, you are still right there. These are the flamingos of this world. They can never fly anyway. He said, you are still here and wait. There are some of your so-called friends. They are not qualified to go where God is taking you. They cannot see what you see. They are not willing to pay the price that you will pay to get to your destination. And you have to learn to tell them, okay, I love you. Uh, Daddy, uh, you're the best. Yeah, yeah, you stay right there. We'll get to you. <laughs> Mama, I love you. You stay right here. Yeah, boyfriend, girlfriend, oh, husband, whatever you call it. Abraham said, me and the Lord will go up yonder to worship. And then he says something profound. This is the mindset of those who really trust God. He said, not only are we going up to worship, we'll be coming back. Think about it. How can you kill your son and be able to come back? But when you know, you put your your trust in God. He knows and is known even if God Kill that child. God has power to raise that child. Are you still here? Let me give you three reasons why you should trust God. Number one, you see, there's a word we use in theology. We call it omni. That word omni means all. So we describe God as omnipotent. That means he's all-powerful. That's what Abraham understood. That if you go up there on Moriah and kill his child, he knew in his knowing that God is all-powerful. He can raise that child back up. And that's why he said we're going up, we're going to worship, but we'll be back. I'll be bad. You got to know that you know that you know God's got your back. Another reason why you should trust God is because God is omniscient. God is all-knowing. David was running from his son. His son's name is Absalom. And Absalom dethroned his own father, kicked him off the throne, and took over the kingdom. And David is now running in the wilderness, trying to escape the wrath of his own son. David, one of his men, carried the Ark of the Covenant with them because they know it's important to have the presence of God with you. But David said, no. 
take the Ark of the Covenant back. In, first, in 2 Samuel chapter 15, verse 26, David said, God knows what I'm going through. God is all-knowing. I don't need to be carrying the ark with me. Put it back in Jerusalem. If God wants me to be king again, he will figure out a way to get me back to Jerusalem. And that's exactly what happened. Every now and then you will see me say to you, what God has for you is for you. You don't have to be jealous of anybody. You don't have to be envious of anybody. When you see God blessing somebody, rejoice with them. Because God is no respecter of person. What is done for somebody, he will do it for you. Are you still here? Another reason why you should trust God is because God is omnipresent. He was so sure about it. In Hebrews 13 verse 5, he said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Back in the Old Testament, he told Moses, I'm not just making you pastor of Israel. He promised him, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. When it was time for Joshua to, to succeed Moses, Moses reminded Joshua, he says, son, no one thing. God will never leave you. God will never forsake you. His name is Jehovah Shammah. That means you can trust him. You can trust him. Philippians chapter 3 verse 3 say, have no confidence in your flesh. Are you listening to me? Some of you want to talk about how smart you are, how many degrees you got, how many years you work with Clico, you work with City, you work with Proctor Gamble. You know this, you know that. But really, the truth be told, without God, you and I can do absolutely nothing. That's why the Bible says, in all of your ways, acknowledge him. It will direct your path. Ladies and gentlemen, the answer to whatever you're facing right now depends on your trust in God. Gideon was facing a very tough battle. Thousands of people on the enemy side. God said, I'm choosing you. And you're going to win. Gideon had 32,000 people to fight. He was already outnumbered. But God said, you have too many. Go there before the people and tell all of them, we are fixing to go fight. If any of you scare, let me see your hand. And a truckload of people, they must be Baptists. They all raised their hand. And bless God, God told Gideon, tell all of them to go home. You don't have to fight. You're free. And 22,000 people went home. Gideon was left with only 10,000. Now, 
Gideon's heart is pumping. I say, oh, Lord, this is impossible. Ain't no way I can make it. Yet God told him, you still have too many. Now I want you to take all these people to the water. And watch how they drink water. And I will tell you which one of them is ready to go to war. Many times they hold up to a blessing. You are trying to go to war with somebody who's, got, who's not got your back. God said, send more people home. At the end of the day, only 300 people was left. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to know if you're going to face thousands and thousands of people on the other side. And you only got 300 people. You're in trouble. But guess what? Gideon trusted God. Some of you may be facing a situation right now. I don't know your story. But I know I'm facing some challenges right now. Don't be fooled by my smile. But you know in my knowing, God said to me, trust me. And I want to encourage somebody. Whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're facing right now, if you will trust God, God's got your back. Open your mouth, shout amen. God is no respecter of person. That's why David said, even when my father and my mother forsake me, I know God's got my back. Many of you, you're saying, but what about this? What if this? What if that? What if they don't like me, Reverend? What if I relapse? Pastor, what if I lose my house? Pastor, what if I lose my job? Tell me, what if? What if this? What if that? Somebody came to me this morning and said, Pastor, what if my, my spouse don't come back home? And I told her the same thing I'm telling you. Trust God. Trust God. God is big enough to fight your party. The reason why many of you are still losing is because you're, going to, you're trying to ask God to help you, but you have a backup plan. Until you get rid of your backup plan, you tie the hand of God to help you. God will not share his glory with any man. He's going to wait and relax and see when you're going to come to your senses and turn it over to Jesus. And stop crying of what your daddy did or what your mama did or what somebody didn't do for you. One with God is more than enough. God is only waiting for you to trust him in that area of your life. Ladies and gentlemen, God sent me to tell you he got your back. Look at somebody next to you and say, neighbor, neighbor. 
God's got your back. Do you know what that means? When I got hold of this revelation, that means because I know God's got my back. If you jump me, you have to jump God. If you step on me, you have to step on God. Are you listening to it? If you fight me, you will have to fight God. If you hate me, you will have to hate God. Because I know that God's got my back. And you know what is so good about God? He's got your back when you are right, but he's got your back even when you are wrong. He's got your back when you are weak, but he also got your back when you are strong. He's got your back when you're strong in faith, but he's got your back when you're scared. He's got your back. You need to know if God be for you, nobody can be against you. I come to tell somebody this morning, trust God. You may be going through the valley right now. You may be going through some storms right now. You may be going through the fire right now. Your back is against the wall and you say, there ain't no way I will make it through this. But the Lord sent me to remind you, if you will trust him, he's got your back. You say, Pastor, you don't understand. I've got a tumor in my body. But God said, I've got your back. You say, Pastor, you don't understand. They said it was cancer. But God sent me to tell you, God's got your back. You say, Pastor, you don't keep up. Mama is in the hospital. But I hear the Lord say, tell my people, I got your back. You're not in this by yourself. This battle is not yours. It's the Lord. And I'm not talking theories. For many years, even in this ministry, I struggled with many issues. Issues that you can't even tell your own family. And I would come to the church and ask Sister Sally and say, please sing me. The choir will sing their heart out. And I would say, please sing the songs just for me. This battle is not yours. It's the Lord. And I will encourage myself in the Lord. I don't know what you're facing right now. You need to know the Lord is your light and your salvation. You don't have to fear no one. When the wicked, even your enemies, come against you, they will stumble and they will fall. Though a host and camp around you. In this, I have confidence that God got your back. You know why? Because the Bible says, for in the time of trouble. I don't know who I'm preaching to today. Maybe I'm preaching to my own self. For in the time of trouble, God will rise up and God will fight your battle. I want you to encourage yourself in the Lord. And God's plan may not make sense to you. 
There are many things he did in the word of God that doesn't make sense. But you need to learn to trust God. When he told Elijah, see, they were, the, the prophet's kids, they were, they were working and the axe head fell in the water. The axe head is a piece of iron. And God said, oh, we can fix that. All you need to do, go get a piece of wood and drop it in the water. How can a piece of wood bring forth a piece of iron? Learn to trust God. Are you all still here this morning? Remember Moses facing the Red Sea. Everybody was screaming at Moses. Why you bring us here to die? You no good son of blink blink. But God said, oh, we can fix this. What's in your hand? He said, I got a rod. God said, stretch, stretch it out. Now, it doesn't make sense. Many things that God will, will do in your life and my life may not fit into your equation, may not fit into all the mess you learn in school. But if you will learn to trust God, You will see every mountain be removed in front of you. The people of Israel, they were trying to go where God sent them. They ran into River Jordan. But the Bible says when Jordan, Big River, heard them praising God. Jordan, back up. I wish I could take you out to lunch and show you how many trouble had to back up front of a servant of God that can't even speak English right. My secret, I trust God. I trust God. In good times, I trust God. In bad times, I trust God. When my back is against the wall, I trust God. His plan may not make sense. One day, people got hungry. They want him to feed them. 5,000 people then he said, they have two fish and five loaves. He said, that's plenty. His plan doesn't have to make sense to your degree program. It doesn't have to make sense to your denominational agenda. But if you would trust God, once you hear from God, confer with no flesh and blood. And not only 5,000 people fed, they had leftovers. Am I still in the book? You know what I'm trying to suggest to you? You can trust God. Just think about it. Lazarus was dead. Not one day, not two days, not three days. He's been buried in the grave. Four days. Even the experts say by now he is thinking. But here comes Jesus. You know what I'm trying to encourage you to do? Learn to trust God. Learn to praise God anyhow. Even in the midst of crisis, praise God. Even in the midst of trouble, say, Lord, I thank you. Lord, I love you. Lord, I know you got my back. Lord, I know you're working things out. When it's all over, your son, your daughter will still be standing. 
I don't know who I'm preaching to today. But what you ought to be doing right now is to thank him every day for what he already did. Thank him for your salvation. Thank him for your healing. Thank him for provisions of life. Thank him for making our way out of no way. Thank him for forgiveness of sin. Thank him for blessing you right now. Even right now in your mess up, God is still blessing you. I'm going to ask every one of you to stand to your feet. If you're here this morning and you say, Pastor, that's me you're talking about. And you look in your life, you see an area that you have to trust God. Now be humble, be bold. I want to pray with you before you leave that God will work things out for you. The challenge for you is to trust God. You see, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Not half of your heart. Don't say you trust God but you're still working something else out. Some of you need to trust God concerning your children. Some of you need to trust God concerning your job. Some of you need to trust God concerning your rings. Some of you need, I remember one time, mama, my budget was short of $50 every month. I never told my wife to this day. I had to trust God. I had for seven long years, I don't know how God always make a way. Every month, in my prophecy, I had to cry to God. And if you don't trust him in little things, he cannot trust you with much. He said, if you're faithful for little, I will make you ruler. I'll be honest with you. I pray about many things. I, I don't pray for money anymore. Because I've been through some rough ride. I've learned to trust God. I've learned to watch him pay my bills. Yours may not be in the area of finance. It may be over your health. It may be over your marriage. It may be over your situation. Whatever it is, whatever mountain you are facing right now, I dare you to trust God with this matter. You're not leaning to your own understanding. If you're that man, if you're that woman, find your way to the altar. I want to pray with you. Hallelujah. That's a good one.
God said, I got that. Here's what you need to do. You're going to march around the world for seven days, for seven nights. And then on the seventh day, you're going to march seven times. See, none of that makes sense. In fact, it's stupid. But God said, if you would do that, you'll see the problem solved. And sure enough, they trusted God. Mama, they trusted God. The plan don't even make sense. But they trusted God. And the war came tumbling down. I want to stand in agreement with all of you today. I don't need to know your story. The reason why I tell you my story is because I live in a glass cup. I learned from a brother, John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist Church. He doesn't know how to preach, but every Sunday he comes to church and tell his story and set himself on fire so that everybody can watch him burn. I believe with all my heart whatever it is that you're facing right now at home on the job I'm telling you on my job in one month they changed my role three times three times God is my witness if you don't believe me talk to these people at, at the university you got to trust God. Stop fighting. Stop trying to figure it out. There is a God who can save you and can protect you from all harm and danger. And if God be for you, no devil in hell can stop what God is blessing. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. Holy Spirit, I'm grateful for your presence. You said if you would declare the word, I will bless it from heaven. Somebody here is believing God in their situation. Somebody here is believing God in their circumstance. Somebody here is believing God in their condition. The Bible said it and we believe it. The things that are impossible with man. When it comes to God, all things are possible. If you can win a big battle with only 300 folks, you can solve any problem in our life. Father, I cover every one of your children with the blood of Jesus. Silver and gold, I don't have that. But such as I have, and what you do in my life, you take a, a nobody and make him somebody. Father, you can do it for everyone here. Lord, I pray that you will touch their lives. Lord, I pray that you will sanctify their life. Lord, I pray that you will turn things around in their life. Everything the devil 
think it's impossible. Everything the locusts have stolen, everything the Parma one have stolen, everything the enemy is trying to mess with, I decree and declare, turn around in your life. Lord, I pray for good health. Lord, I pray for good job. Lord, I pray for good blessing. I pray for uncommon miracles. Lord, I pray for open doors. Lord, I pray for complete healing. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. In the name of Jesus. Have your way in this place. Lord, I thank you that this place will be full of testimony. Testimony of your goodness. Testimony of your mercy. Testimony of your grace and mercy. Your mercy is new every morning. Lord, I thank you. The problems have been solved right now. I thank you for the healing that is taking place. I thank you, oh God, for restoration in the life of your people. I seal this prayer with the blood of Jesus. And by faith, we decree and we declare all is well. In our homes, all is well. In our life, all is well. On our job, all is well. In our ministry, all is well. In our career, all is well. I pray, oh God, the word of God made anew. You said it and we believe it. Whatsoever we desire, when we pray, if we believe, we shall receive. We trust you, O God. We call it done. No more worries. No more nervousness. No more low self-esteem. It is done. It is done. It is done. In Jesus' name. Open your mouth, shout amen. amen. Come on now, now, that's good, that's good. That amen is still under construction. If you believe you've received, open your mouth, shout amen. amen. Shout amen. Shout amen. In Jesus' name. I want to thank every one of you for being in the house of God. Thank you for your willingness to study the word of God with me. If you're here today, you're looking for a church home, look no further. This is one house that you can truly be blessed. This is one house that God will use you mightily for his glory. I pray after the benediction that you will please come and meet pastor and his wife. We want to welcome you. Thanks to all of our guests for being here. I just want to thank God for your visit. I hope something has been said or done today to increase your faith in the Lord. Amen. All minds clear? Now lift your hands towards heaven. And now may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ, the love of God, the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit. I pray that he will lead you and guide you. I pray that he will bless you coming in and bless you going out. I pray, oh God, that he will make all your enemies to leave you alone. 
he is committed and I invoke the power of God to prepare a table before you in the presence of all your player haters. I call your home blessed. I call your children blessed. I call the work of your hand blessed. It is so. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.